What's this doing on my desk? I would not be able to explain that, except that it's a great looking product and it's fun to play with. It was unbelievable. This is gonna make the gag reel, I can... Uh... Man, my appearance has changed. <laughs> is it on the phone? Oh, here it is. Okay, uh, next one. Wanna try the phones? We'll give it a try, I'm just gonna push one. Well, you hear a phone. Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Sounds like my dating life. Are you there? No one's there. We're going to William and Bountiful on line two. William, you're on Heart of the Matter. How you doing? <laughs> doing well, how you doing? That's not the mic. We're, we're, having, a, we're having a brief... Hey, live from Salt Lake City, this is Heart of the Matter, where we do all we can to worship God in spirit and in truth. I'm Sean McCraney, your host, here with Danny Larson, our final guest of the final Heart of the Matter 1.0. We are going to Heart of the Matter 2.0 beginning next week. We'll talk about that as we go on. Uh, grateful for the blooper reel. That was a few highlights from my professional television career back when we were on TV. Uh, First of all, you can join campus, a little a few announcements. Milk service beginning uh, November 5th. We're gonna cover 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter, 1 Corinthians. And uh, join us live and you can, you can start in on that book with us. We go all the way through and you can learn the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, also remember on Tuesday, October 31st, next week, a Halloween and the 500th anniversary of Martin Luther nailing his 95 thesis to the door at Wittenberg. We're launching a brand new approach to Heart of the Matter. We have talked about Mormonism and analyzed Mormonism and talked about Christianity relative to Mormonism. We've done it. We've done it. We are calling this Heart of the Matter 2.0 and uh, we're going to have an open house here beginning at six o'clock. We're going to be shooting that show as well as a new show. Uh, and we'll have hot dogs and, and drinks and chips and candy if you uh, want to come hang out with us on that evening. It's going to be a very bold program. We promise you that. And, and for a good reason, we'll explain it all when we get there. Before we get to our guest here uh, with Danny, I want to point something out that's really important uh, information. When we decided to launch Heart of the Matter 2.0, we had a limited amount of time to interview people. And so we uh, taped several interviews and, uh, and we were going to air them, but we ran out of time. Two of those taped interviews uh, made it to the show, my mom and my dad. I thought those were worthwhile getting on there, but the other ones were worthwhile too. I didn't actually have those taped yet. Uh, and we've taped three others. I have a tape, Mary, but Mary's going to join me next week here on uh, the first show. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, everything that's going on and, and the direction. So not ignoring uh, her, but we have one from Ruth Smart in Preston, Idaho. 
and one from Mike Norton, known, name, uh, known as New Name Noah. Many of you know who Mike is. The insights and information from these inter interviews is just superb, and it shouldn't be missed. Uh, Mike Norton, I didn't know Mike real well. I'd met him before, and uh, he's the guy who goes into the LDS temples, and he gets the footage, and he's done some, I mean, amazing stuff since coming to discover what Mormonism is about. And uh, he started a ministry. And if you watch that interview with him, go to our archives at hotm.tv. You're going to see a side to a guy. He really loved the Mormon church. He really believed in it. He gives an emotional response to what his faith was. And, uh, and then when he found out what it was about, they, they made a wrong enemy. Just put it that way. And, and so it's a fascinating interview. I, I challenge you to tune in to that. And then uh, uh, Ruth Smart brings uh, honest, she brings a passion. It actually brought me to tears, her passion uh, of being LDS and being ostracized. Uh, Ruth Smart is from uh, Preston, Idaho. She and her husband Brent live up there and she's come to know the truth. So uh, tune into our archives and watch those two that, that weren't live and I think it will be well worth your while. All right, let's get to my brother and my friend in uh, ministry, a guy who comes to campus, a guy who was formerly LDS. Many of you know Danny because he answers our, our phone sometimes. Uh, how often? All the time when All you're the not time. on the air. When we're not on the air, you guys call in. And uh, so what's the difference between the grasshopper call in and your, you answer? Well, that goes, Darren gets that, uh, Derek gets that, and then he forwards it to me into my email. Okay. And then I call them back. But we don't get all that many on grasshopper. Okay. A lot of them come directly to the, to the phone that shows on the screen. On the screen. Right. Yep. So when you're talking to Danny, you get to actually put a, uh, a face to a name. Yeah. You didn't know he was so young and handsome, did you? <laughs> and single, I believe. Is that correct? No, we just stopped that. He <laughs> doesn't want anyone to know that. Uh, anyway, go back. Early family, being raised, uh, Boise, Idaho. Tell us about your LDS experience and then take us to everything. Okay. Um, basically, growing up in Boise was, you know, just, your, um, just a great time of the of that period, you know, in the 50s and the 60s. And so a great place to grow up with friends and outdoor activities. And I just really had a happy childhood. My, my mom was kind of active in the LDS church, uh, went to church and took me when she did go. My dad was sort of holding back all the time, didn't really have show much of an interest. Uh, my mom never had any calling. She was kind of shy and didn't have a a lot of self-esteem, so uh, it was a comfortable place for me to kind of fit in the cracks, you know. Mm -hmm. I didn't mind going to church, but I didn't get anything out of it while I was there, not too much anyway as a youth. Mm -hmm. uh, in high school, uh, I, didn't ha I didn't even know anybody that was Mormon. I, had, I knew a couple that were in, in, in my that. ward, actually, but at the high school, it, you know, you blend in, and there were so many non-Mormons mm -hmm. that all my friends were non-Mormons. Wow. I, I didn't have any Mormon friends at all. Huh. So the things we did on the weekends, you know, uh -huh. yeah. Can't imagine, not you, Danny. <laughs> so so um, we had a lot of fun. Uh -huh. And uh, so, you know, when I was in the church, going to church once in a while, I, nothing really struck me other than I remember 
this lady came and, and played a violin solo. It's back when they used to let people perform. Mm -hmm. And she played, oh, Divine Redeemer. Mm. And I, it, it choked me up. And I thought, what was that all about, you mm. know? Um, it kind of got me thinking a little bit about um, Christ and the Redeemer. And I didn't know what all that meant, really. Mm. But that was really my first touch of any kind of thing, anything spiritual. I see. Um, Towards the end of my senior year, I had played football in high school and had several scholarships. I had a girlfriend who was a Christian um, that I dated all through high school, and she went to another school. Uh, and she was going to Idaho State University on a scholarship. And Ricks College offered me a full ride at Ricks and uh, told me I could start playing there as a freshman and mm. all that. So I was, I thought maybe I'll go there for a year or two and, and then I can transfer somewhere else afterwards. I didn't really want to go to a church school. My mom was excited because she thought, I'll meet a good Mormon girl there, you know. Mm. But um, I went up there. Um, you know, you're required to go to religion class and you're required to go to church, which I, I went to the religion class. It was very basic. I didn't go to church at all. Mm. Um, and I got through most of the, you know, first couple, three months of uh, avoiding going to church. Um, towards the end of the season, uh, right after the end of the season, actually, a group of us went on a little party trip to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and came back, and, um, well, like, the school got wind of it. Mm -hmm. And um, so, actually, my roommate, who was a new convert to the church, actually played on our football team. Uh, he's the one that reported me. And he, he said, he said I, I just felt like I had to do it. He was inspired to turn me in. <laughs> And at the time, it didn't feel like inspiration, <laughs> but in the long run, it really was. Huh? Because what happened, um, I hear I was at this, in this uh, apartment building, and I get this knock on the door, and it's the dean of the college, Dean Yost, hmm. and along with a bishop that I'd never met, a really beautiful gray-haired guy, just, you know, I never met him, but uh, they wanted to come and talk to me. Hmm. And I knew it was going to happen because... I was in trouble, but because mm. I didn't live, I wasn't living the honor code. But I didn't really care. I mean, I was done with Rick's College. It was just too much church there. Mm. And, um, but the bishop wanted to see me alone. He asked permission from the dean to just to visit with me alone first. And so we went in, I sat down, and we started talking. And he started talking about God. And he started asking me private questions about my own life. And I really felt convicted to tell him a lot of private things that mm. I had done up to that point that was kind of, you know, making me feel guilty. Mm. Um, and I thought, well, I can share with share him with this guy. He seems to be trustworthy. I uh, didn't, didn't think it would go anywhere with it. But at the end of me talking to him, he said, did you mind if we had a prayer? Mm. I said, sure. And he pulled a chair out in the middle of this full floor, just a kitchen chair. And we knelt down across from each other with, mm. on our knees with our hands on the chair bottom. And he began to pray on my behalf. And I had the most amazing experience. Mm. As he was praying, I felt the room just fill with the spirit. Mm. I'd never sensed that before. And I felt, I literally felt two hands on my shoulders mm. behind me just resting on my shoulders and I by the time he got done praying I was prostrate on the ground and I was crying and I was I thought what is happening here I didn't really know what was going on and I felt um, uh, really humble at the moment mm. and we stood up and 
I said, well, what was that? And he said, that was the spirit of the Lord. And we hugged each other. And he says, God has forgiven you. And he opens the door and there's Dino. He's just chomping at the bit to get in and talk to me. But when he walks into the room, he stops. and He goes, wow, what happened here? Mm-hmm. And he said, we've had a really neat experience. And I just want to ask you, petition you to let Danny stay for the end of the semester and then into the next semester as long as he, you know, keeps the, and does all the things that are required. Mm. So I spent the next semester after that one reporting to Dean Yost every Friday afternoon. Mm. And we kind of became, you know, pretty good friends mm-hmm. in some ways. Uh, during that time, I thought everything that was going on in my life right then was, had something to do with Mormonism because of the bishop and mm. all that. And I remember going to church started going to church and he would get up and bear his testimony that he knew uh, that God lived. That's all he would ever say. And I was always touched by that. He never went into uh, Joseph Smith, the Book of Mormon and all that. He the church is true. He just said, I know that God lives. And so um, but I wanted to go on a mission because you know, I wanted to share this experience with other people. So I went on a mission. I had to go through a couple of general authority interviews to get clearance to go. And I left and went to Ireland for two years and had a, a really great mission. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed it a lot. Didn't know much about anything as mm-hmm. far as the gospel, but I had a, a zeal mm-hmm. to share Jesus with people. Mm-hmm. You know how the missionary discussions were back then? They were very structured and word for word, and you couldn't vary. You had to uh, stick on, on script. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so we never really got to... But I had a, one companion who was... a from Portland, I remember Jackson. And uh, he always studied the Bible in the morning. And I asked him about that. And he said, well, just, you want to study with me? And I said, sure. And so we read and I thought, God, this is really amazing what I'm reading, you know? I wish we could do more of this, but you know, it never lended, mission never lended for that. So came home, got married in the temple, uh, was teaching early morning seminary, cut everything really fast here. Um, was towards uh, the end of my uh, t- education. I was going to, to college at Boise State University to finish up my degree. I was teaching early morning seminary when I had uh, uh, um, the director of seminary and institute actually pop in on my class, my early morning class. When he got done, he said, would you like to teach full time mm-hmm. in the system? And I said, I don't know, I never even thought about that. And he said, yeah, you'd probably come to Utah and you'd be an employee for the church. So I said, sure. So I graduated, went down, and my first, my first appointment was to teach at a school in Bountiful, at a high school. Wow. I mean, not Bountiful, but, but uh, it was Bondeville High School in Ogden. Mm. And uh, so I did that for, so I taught seminary for about seven years, but couldn't afford to raise a family. We were having children really fast and all that. But I was very active in the church. It put me immediately, you know, when I got home from my mission, they made me a 70 elder president first, and then they made me a 70. And so I was like getting all these experiences. And then when I got to Ogden, they made me a high councilman at a very young age, uh, extremely young age. And so I was getting all these leadership positions and experiences, but I just felt like, you know, it just, it's what happens to missionaries, return missionaries. They sort of get lost in their growth, you know. They don't read the scriptures like they should. They're so busy with fulfilling callings and doing their duties. Uh, so time goes on. I um, eventually, when I left seminary to go get another career and did that for 
the rest of my life and now retired. But uh, in, in 2010, I remember I was the word mission leader in our ward uh, in this new stake. And I just got this, I just kept feeling so uneasy about not having Jesus in my life anymore. Like I wanted that ex recapture that moment back because, you know, he'd been so important to me. I'd always, I'd always been a Christ-centered Mormon. But I'm not sure I was saved at any point. I don't know that I was. Uh, so I remember going to fast and testimony meetings, sitting there, and uh, there was really no mention about Jesus Christ at all. And I determined in my mind, I'm, I've got to pull away for a while. I've got to, I've got to, I need time to think about all this. And I was sitting clear at the back in the cultural hall. That's how big our ward was. And my bishop, standing, sitting on the stage, came down and walked all the way to the back and he goes, what's bothering you? And I said, why? And he says, well, I can just tell there's something going on. Mm -hmm. And I said, really? And he says, yeah, can we go talk? So we went into his office and we sat down. He's a great guy. And uh, I just said, I don't find Jesus here anymore. You know, I don't think he, we don't talk about him. We don't worship him. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I just, um, I'm not, I feel a void. And so, and I have a lot of questions and doubts, things that I've stacked up over the years that I want to resolve. So I'd like you to release me from all my callings, home teaching, my, my word mission calling, everything. I'm going to stay home and I'm just going to read the Bible and I'm going to look at church history. And I'm, I bet when I get these things resolved, I'll have, I'll, I'll be back with a, you know, stronger commitment and a stronger testimony. And he was all very supportive of it. Well, that was all it took. I went home. I decided I'm going to start. You were teaching the Gospel of John. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, I'm going to start there. And as I began reading in the Gospel of John, and then I started investigating, calling up to campus, up at the university, sitting in the back of the auditorium so I could escape real quick, you know, afterwards, that I just was getting fed every week from your teaching. And I was growing in testimony about who my Savior was. And the Gospel of John, you know, is just so beautiful. And I realized that this Savior, this Jesus Christ, is not the Christ of Mormonism. And it began to separate itself from his, the Gospel of Jesus Christ and the Gospel of Joseph Smith. And I could see clearly, I, I read all church history, journal of discourses. I mean, I'm, I've always been a student of the scriptures, but I really poured myself into that. And uh, and I finally realized that, um, that Mormonism was not the, tr the true church, like it said it was, and that Christianity offered everything that I needed to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and that I didn't need an organization. Danny, how would you, now so then, how would you explain to our audience, um, because everyone's going to say, and this is not only for to answer to the LDS, it's also to answer to people who will say Mormons and people in the Mormon church, God isn't giving them experiences and all these things, but you, you've had some powerful experiences as a Latter-day Saint. So like with that bishop who you prayed with and that, that marvelous experience you had, how do you explain to the audience, both LDS and non, you know, really stalwart Christians, what was that? I think that was God reaching me. He was, as it says in John, you know, that it, he's constantly drawing us to his son. Mm -hmm. I think it was just the beginning, the stirring of my, my spiritual, you know, journey. Mm -hmm. 
That's all it was. It was just to get me thinking about it. Now, it's interesting because I was thinking about this the other day. I, I have a, a good friend. You've met him here. I brought him. He's from Georgia. Mm -hmm. And he's a good Christian man. And he, uh, he was telling me about how strong the Bible Belt is down there. And I thought, what if I'd gotten called on a mission to go to, to the South rather than going to Ireland where it's very steeped in Catholicism, much like Mormonism. And uh, had I gone to the South on my mission, I bet I would have embraced Christianity earlier, mm. maybe even on my mission. Mm. But I think God wanted to, stay, to keep me in Mormonism most of my life up to this point so that I could get as much experience and in indoctrination in Mormonism. Now, I, if it serves me well and him, hopefully, to answer phone calls and help people, because mm -hmm. I do know a lot about that, you know, Mormonism, and I've learned a lot about Christianity that I can help both Mormons and Christians. Yeah. So I think that was a blessing. And, and all these things that do happen to people, I think God just loves us all. Yeah. And he's, he, just, he just showers us with blessings that uh, we don't have to attribute to any church or any uh, religion. It just comes because he, he loves us. He cares for all of us. Amen. Yeah, if you, uh, there's a reason that Danny answers the phones, and it's not only because he's been LDS, but he knows his stuff. When he says he studies, this guy studies circles around me. He reads all the books. He knows all the stuff. He really does. So really well-informed, and, and, and it's interesting what you said, that you think God allowed you to remain in Mormonism. Uh, he didn't call you to the South. He sent you to uh, uh, Catholic-ridden Ireland, uh, another religious institution. And there's a reason for that, because you're being used uh, in really wonderful ways. And I want to talk about that now for a second. Okay. Um, one of the things that's important to us is that we pass the baton on to other people to continue on ministry if we can do it. So uh, we tried to help uh, at, at a long time ago. He's taken and run it himself completely. But Bishop Earl started with his 17 minutes. And it's like the Lord just said, you know, Earl, you have something to say. And I've had more people say that 17 minutes really, really struck them and got them going. And then he's gone on. He's interviewed so many people. And then breaking bread with Warren Puckett. You want a man of God, uh, start tuning in more and more to hear Warren Puckett and his ministry and outreach to Latter-day Saints. Well, on his own, and, and I want to talk to you about starting a ministry Danny has started a very unique ministry, um, and so, what is, what's surprised you about ministry so far? How uh, expensive it is? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, self-funding this ministry uh, has been, but that's okay. I, yeah. you know, it's the Lord's money, and I just, uh, it's worth every nickel of it, but them. Uh, yeah, the expense of doing it, the time, the effort, you have to have cooperation of other people to make it work. You know, you can have a dream. But let me tell you what happened. It, I, when I got, when I, oh, I got to tell you this experience, because when I came home to, to do my study, remember I told my bishop, mm -hmm. I came home to do my study, um, I had another, a replacement bishop come. He got released and a new one came. Oh. And I had not gone to church for about nine months. So he shows up at my door. And uh, with this counselor, comes in, and I thought they would come in and have a prayer. You know how Mormons start out with a prayer and all that. But no, he was concerned about what, I w what was going on with me. Mm -hmm. Not my welfare so much as about 
what kind of an influence would I have on other people? Mm. So as we got talking, he says, are you coming back to church? And I said, I really don't think I am. And uh, he's like, well, who are you, are you gonna start proselyting your neighbors and other ward members? And I said, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, he says, you know, I am the bishop and as a shepherd of this flock, I intend to protect my sheep. Wow. And I said, what from, the truth? What are you worried about? Mm. I said, I have not talked to anybody outside my home about what I've been doing. It's all been very private. Mm. But I, you know, he was very angry with me. Wow. And I think he thought that something was gonna happen, you know, that I was gonna start spreading around all these falsehoods, you know, I don't know about the church. Wow. I don't know where he got that idea. Mm. But anyway, he left and uh, it was like a month later, I had a knock on the door, it was two missionaries and I let him in and they sat down on my couch. One had been out about a year, the other one about two months. And uh, they said, Brother Larson, we understand that you, you, you know, you've been inactive for a while. We just like to encourage you to, to come, you know. And he says, have you ever read the Book of Mormon? And I said, and he started to pull his Book of Mormon out of his backpack. And I said, Elder, how old are you? And he said, I'm t 20. And I said, yeah, that's probably how many times I've read the book in my lifetime, you know. So I do know what's in the book. And I, my natural man inclination was to tell these kids what, how blind they were and you know what they don't know about the church that they should. But God just stopped me at that moment. I, mm. I literally had my lips shut. Mm. And my, I just, it was a message from God just in my mind said, shut up basically and don't get in my way. Mm. Just, just don't, don't get in my way, let mm. me do the work. And I thought, wow, you know, and so I just calmed down and I, they had their scriptures there. And I said, would you elders, can we just look at a couple of scriptures? I'd like to know what your interpretation are of these passages. Okay, they're all excited. Well, first of all, I asked them, would you bear your testimony to me? Mm. And so they took turns and then so I said, can I share a testimony with you? Oh, we'd love to hear your testimony, Brother Larson. I said, it's really not my testimony, it's, it's God's testimony about himself. Mm. And so that's when I asked them to open up their scriptures and read out of Isaiah about God speaking and saying, I don't, want, don't know of another God. Mm -hmm. There's no God formed before me or after me, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, as we were reading those and they were taking turns, I still hadn't said anything yet, mm -hmm. derogatory or, or negative. As they began to read those scriptures and explain what they meant to me, the senior companion got up, didn't say a word, didn't look at me or his companion, just walked over to the door, put his, it was February, put his boots on and his overcoat, walked right out the door and down the sidewalk. And I'm sitting there looking at my, at his companion and they're like, what happened? He said, I don't know Brother Larson, but I better go after him, you know? And I said, I understand, I'm sorry if something, you know, I said something that, oh no, you were great. And so they took off and I thought, oh Lord, what was this all about? Mm. Five days later, knock, knock on the door. And these two missionaries, same missionaries, I looked out the window, there they were, and all they come back, now they have answers to, you know, they want to um, probably debate it a little bit with me, but no, I opened the door and their demeanor was all changed, they were all happy and smiley, they came in, sat down, and apologized for walking out, and he said, the reason I did was, I was just, I, I knew, this God that we were reading about in the Bible is not the God that I knew in Mormonism. Wow. He said, it disturbed me so much, I couldn't even speak. I was so taken back by it that I, I just had to get out of the house. 
He said, but we've been in our apartment for the last five days and we've been reading and praying and we come back and we want you to teach us everything you know. Wow. And so, I mean, the goosebumps, I was just like, God, you were, you were amazing. It was because I shut my mouth mm. and got them in the word mm. and he got to speak to their heart through wow. the spirit. And so I just, uh, we, we answered their questions. I always took them back to the school. We'll see what the Lord says, you know. Mm. So we took, went into the word and we mm. found the answers to their questions. We did that for about an hour and a half and then they were distraught. What do we do now that we know this? I go, well, what do you mean? And they said, well, we'll just, can, we can't go on our missions any longer. I mean, they were both on the same page, too. That was what was amazing. Wow. I don't know if we can finish our missions. And I said, why not? You're right here in the, in the Mecca of Mormonism, you know. Why don't you just share Jesus Christ? Put it all the rest of it aside and share Jesus Christ and the Word, the mm -hmm. Bible, with, with these good Mormons that, that are in this area. They were like, oh, thank you. Yes, that's a great option, and we'll, we'll do that. So we stood in the middle of my, room, in my front room, held hands, and I prayed over them and blessed them that they'd have a, a good mission, and the Lord would bless them with his spirit. We hugged, there were tears, and they left. But that got me thinking, you know, the, these dialogues that we have. And when people call on the hotline, they want to know, how, how do I talk to these missionaries that are coming over to my house? Mm. We just had our first lesson. Where's this going? Did they, are these guys looking for my money? You know, are they are they well educated? Are they are they going to um, try to deceive me? You know, they don't have any idea who these kids are. Mm -hmm. And I always tell them, no, they're great kids. They're well intended. You know, just you got to love on them and treat them with respect, and they will with you. Um, but I answer a lot of questions from from Christians, and I answer a lot of questions from Morm from Mormons who are watching your your shreds on YouTube who've been watching them for a while, and then they call and they want to get some of their, an their questions answered. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to help them do that. But I did that, f what, for two and a half years now. Mm -hmm. And I, would, I spend no less than 45 minutes to an hour and a half with each phone call, <clears throat> kind of going over the same stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I decided to put this ministry together mm -hmm. to help maybe solve some of those issues. What are you calling it? Initially, it's called, it was called Conversations, Christian Conversations with Mormon Missionaries, but Seth told me that's just way too long. You've got to shorten that up. So <laughs> we went to Talking to Mormons, talkingtomormons.com, mm. and that's going to be the... Has it been launched? No. Okay. The website isn't completed yet, but we have... What I'm doing is I'm taking Preach My Gospel, the manual the, Mor the LDS use, that Mormons, the missionaries... Uh, used to prepare their missionary lessons out of. I'm going through it. I taught mission prep for nine years in two different stakes. So I know that book inside and out. So I'm going through every concept and we're making these short little episodes. In fact, why don't we just, do you mind if we had Take her away. The, the introduction to talking to Mormons? We've, we've created a couple of the first episodes and we'll continue to uh, produce the, the rest of them. Uh, but we need to list a little bit more time to get it all uh, put together. So, do we have one ready? Is this the introduction? This is the introduction to what we're doing. All right. Every day, all around the world, you see guys like these going around trying to talk to people like you about something called Mormonism. You've seen them. So, what should you do when they knock on your door? Number one, you could hide, pretend you're not home. Number two, you could yell at them that you're not interested and slam the door in their faces. Number three, you could politely turn them away. Or number four, you could invite them in. 
But is that a good idea? You see, these guys want to get you to join their church. They want to make you into Mormons, and they teach you lessons that are very carefully designed to get you to believe that their message is true. The lessons these guys teach are all from this book, Preach My Gospel, a guide to missionary service, published by their church leaders. In fact, most of them really don't know much of anything about the Bible except what they've been taught to teach in this book. Hello, we are representatives of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We have a message about the gospel that we'd like to share with you today. Sure, come on in. You see, Chris used to be one of them. He was a Mormon. But then he started to see the difference between how he had been raised to believe and what the Bible actually taught. So he became a Christian. Many people like you have questions about what these guys teach. He's letting them in. He actually likes talking to them. One thing about Chris, he loves the Word of God and knows the Bible backwards and forwards. And he knows Mormonism just as well. Hi, my name's Wanda. Nice to meet you. Okay, so I'm just going to hang out in this bowl as we listen in while Chris schools these guys on what Jesus really taught. More to come in 2008. That is just phenomenal. It's just, it's engaging. It's, it's so well done. It's concise. And it's just, you're just like, what's going to happen next? It's really good. It's been fun, fun writing the scripts. Uh, and, um, and then uh, Seth is amazing, you know, with his technology and his desire, his, his drive to want to uh, help me with the website and to do all the, the animation, the creation and all that. Yeah. So it's been great. Um, really so good. the two of us have worked really hard on writing these scripts. and. Uh, How just, many will there be? Do you know? I think they'll probably end up being maybe 150. They're going to be short little snippets of uh, covering different uh, topics and then going back and getting into the details of some of those topics. So mm -hmm. uh, I know that the missionaries don't teach some of the stuff we're going to bring up in these episodes, but they will be asked those questions while they're on their missions mm -hmm. to people that you know, want to find out why... Did the church practice this? Why did they believe that? Mm -hmm. And so they're going to be challenged. They're not prepared when they go to the MTC to get to teach that kind of you know information. So mm -hmm. uh, it, this will help future LDS missionaries as well mm -hmm. know how to engage with uh -huh. Christians. So it really helps serves both purposes in, in enlightening the Mormons and the Christians, so that there is a, this common this co this common ground to have a discussion about the the beliefs. It's a fascinating. Uh, we want to keep it. We want to keep it uh, respectful, Civil, you know, yeah. yeah. So uh, what I would think is that if you're able to, so let's just do something here. You're talking, let's just say uh, you're going to have an episode where polygamy is going to be discussed. Chris, the, the Christian guy, is going to ask the missionaries, well, tell us about polygamy. Right. And the missionaries, what are they going to say back to Chris? They're going to give him the standard? Right, the standard uh, answer that an LDS person, if they know their doctrine, which most don't, is that well, but the missionaries have some responses to that, okay. and they'll come back with the LDS approach to answering, and then Chris will help that the missionaries see by using scripture, the Bible, the Bible, and their own Mormon scriptures, the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price, Doctrine and Covenants, how it either works together or contra they contradict themselves. Will Chris be using churches Mormon to history too? 
will he say? Everything, yes. He'll use, so Chris yeah. is a walking encyclopedia. Yes, he's in a walking encyclopedia. <laughs> and it's going to be civil, and the whole time yes. Chris is able, and so a Christian who's watching this can just absolutely learn what Chris says, and when the missionaries come, they know how to respond to it. They know how to talk genius. to Genius. Yeah. So if we can see the first episode, that's the introduction. The next one is actually a topic that the missionaries bring up right away on their first visit. It's on the need for a prophet. Let's check it out. Okay, quick recap. My roommate Chris is about to school, I mean, enlighten a couple of Mormon missionaries. Chris is a Christian who used to be a Mormon. He was even a missionary. By the way, his name really is Christian, which makes no sense because his mother was Mormon and his father was Hindu. Don't ask me. God calls living prophets to lead his church today. I have to disagree. Prophets aren't necessary anymore. Here in the Bible it says, Surely the Lord God does nothing until he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophet. Okay, the missionaries have kicked off. The game has begun. You see, the Mormons have a man at the head of their church who they call a prophet. They believe he actually talks with God and that if God wants to say anything to his people, he'll say it through the prophet. Let's see what Chris has to say about that. That's Amos chapter 3 verse 7. Let's read what comes before it in verse 1 and 2. Hear this word that the Lord has spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, you only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. This means that God is bringing judgment against his people because of their sins, but he will warn them first. That's all. He's not saying that he has to reveal to a prophet everything he's ever going to do before it happens. God is not bound that way. Makes sense to me. Do you guys believe that anyone who claims to be a prophet like Muhammad or the Mormon fundamentalist Warren Jeffs was a prophet? You know about Warren Jeffs? I told you, he knows his stuff. Can you answer my question? We believe that a true prophet would only represent the one true God. How do you know a true prophet from a false one? Jesus said, by their fruits we will know them. Exactly. There's a foolproof test. In Deuteronomy 18.22, we read, When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. Can you tell me any prophecies made by Joseph Smith or any other Mormon prophet that were fulfilled? Because I can tell you several that weren't. Our prophets warn about the evils of the world. Okay, but a prophecy doesn't affirm a moral principle. A prophecy is a prediction about a future event that is fulfilled at the exact prophesied time. So, what prophecies by any Mormon prophet have been fulfilled? I can't think of any specific prophecies, but I can find out and tell you later. Oh, snap! Jesus warned us about men who would claim to be prophets. In Matthew 24, he said, Many false prophets will rise and will deceive many. For there will arise false Christs and false prophets and show great signs and wonders. And the Bible also teaches that there is no more need for any man to be called as a prophet. Do you know why? Do you think that we don't need a prophet because we have the Bible? Not because we have the Bible, there's another reason. In Luke 16, 16, it says, The law and the prophets were until John. Speaking of John the Baptist, John was the last prophet necessary because when Jesus came, he became our everlasting, eternal prophet. 
Look at Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 2. It says, God who, spoke in times past by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. Jesus is the only prophet who leads God's church today. The Bible makes that very clear. He speaks to each one of us through his written word and through the Holy Spirit. Why would we want anyone other than Jesus to be our prophet? And who would be arrogant enough to stand between us and the Lord? I told you he was good. Do you mind if we move on to another topic? Sure. We'll talk about whatever you'd like. Let's see what they come up with next. Want to introduce your partner in crime? Yeah, he's the, he's the uh, um, imaginator, the creator of all these animation, which is not an easy no. No. job. <laughs> You, you actually have their face, their mouth forming, and their eyes showing yeah. a reaction. Really good, Seth. Yeah, well, thanks to some software, so. Yeah. <laughs> Seth has run our, uh, our ministry tech, uh, technologically for how many years now? It's been about five years. About five years, and he and Danny have teamed up, and I'm so grateful because I think this ministry is going to uh, do a lot, especially for the millennials and... Uh, you know, it might do some good for the older folk, but I don't know. But I think this younger, and that's who you want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Is that the intention? Yeah. For sure, yeah. yeah. <coughs> How can people help? Uh, well, so right now we're still getting things together. Uh, we've just launched the YouTube. Uh, so on this episode, there's a link to the Talking to Mormons uh, YouTube channel. And you've got those two episodes there that you can watch and share. And please share it on social media. Um, and so here shortly, you know, probably in January or so, we're, we're thinking about launching social media. Uh, we've already got all the content ready. We're just making sure that we get everything right and then we're going to launch it in next year. Mm -hmm. so. I really hope the churches and uh, in the state and, and people, like you said, the grassroots, will share it and pass it on to others. Uh, fantastic tool. Yeah, really great. It's easy for people to watch an animation. Yeah. You know, we were using live actors to begin with, and then we decided we can do so much more with the animation. Huh. Um, and in the voiceovers, you know, the mystery voiceovers are really great. So, mm -hmm. fantastic. Any other thoughts? So, something that would help us keep get going is to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, hit that link in the in the description below. And once we start getting stuff out, you'll, you'll get the notification of, of the new videos. And also do the same thing for Heart of the Matter. Hit that subscri subscription button. And uh, so we're going to have uh, more stuff coming out. So just get ready for that. Uh, they look up Talking to Mormons on YouTube. Yes. So we're just getting started. So we're not going to be on the top of the list yet. So. We're so, going to get there okay. eventually, yeah. And is there a website that will ultimately come along and archive all these, or will all be done through YouTube? Yeah, so TalkingToMormons.com. Uh, right now, it's just a little splash page with our logo on it. Okay. Um, but eventually, yes, it will be an archive. What we hope to do is uh, have the videos there with the archive and have a little more description, a little more... Uh, 
if you have more questions related to that uh, particular episode, it's going to all be there to where you can kind of get in-depth into it. And you have all the Bible verses, and you have all the, the Book of Mormon verses, and so that you can compare and contrast and really have a, a material so that you can either talk to your Mormon friends or, if you're a Mormon, uh, just some information that you may not have never thought about. So. Okay. Uh, and just to let you know, so we have Talking to Mormons, we have Breaking Bread with Warren Puckett, of course we have Ex-Mormon Files with, uh, with Earl Erskine, and uh, we're coming up with a new one just to throw it in there that these two and every other people are involved in, and it's called Jerry1414. All of these websites and all of these ministerial outreaches through Heart of the Matter 2 and through the new show and through campus, we're going to continue to push them to remind you that these are out here as resources. Of course, there's Mike Norton stuff with New Name Noah. Anybody who's doing anything in this, to outreach to them, we'll keep alive by continuing to promote it. But especially interested in what you're doing. I think it's great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, it's great. Thanks for allowing us. Any here. final uh, words you want to say? I give that to you before we. I'm going to wrap up, wrap up the the 11 years. Yeah, it's crazy to think that it's coming to an end. Yeah. And, uh, but we appreciate being able to be a part of this and tonight. And uh, we love and support you and your family. And uh, just uh, continue to encourage people to not only watch Heart of the Matter every week, but a lot of people that call in do not know that they can go to campuschurch.tv <laughs> and catch all of the, uh, the, the two teachings that go on on Sunday morning. Mm. And I think that's critical for them to get into the Bible and to follow along with what we're, you're teaching because it's, it's, it's just, a, if not more important for them to do that than it is to watch this show, I believe. I believe it is too. So, um, so we're trying to watch turn it that all. corner. Yes, watch yeah. it all. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, brothers. Love yeah. you. And we'll continue to see you and the ministry as we move on. All right, well, uh, that's it. Heart of the Matter 1.0, 11 years, 600-hour-long shows where we have done uh, all we can to inform and question and probe and teach about Mormonism and its relationship to biblical Christianity. For those of you who have been with us from the beginning uh, and even those who have been with us in the last week, we thank you from the bottom of our heart. We thank our volunteers who show up each and every week. We thank uh, Derek and Danita. We thank... Seth, we thank Danny, we thank everybody who's in our audience right now. Of course, Kathy Maggie, Linda Cassidy, Wendy Jensen, Michael Anderson out in Sweden, uh, Michael Lake in England, uh, just different people who have come on, Niall in Ireland, I know you're watching tonight, just different people, people in the audience I, I'm not even going to name who have always been around, Larry and Dave and Reed and uh, just everybody who has been there through thick and thin, they've heard a lot of weird things come out of my mouth and have had to step back and say, do we still want to keep showing up to this thing? Uh, but we've stayed together in the love for Christ. We may not agree doctrinally on everything together, but we love the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have said we're sticking together and we're going to fight for Mormons to become free and everybody to come uh, free from religion. Before I wrap up the show tonight, we're going to take one more look at some bloopers. Here's blooper reel number two. Is this Ann C? Yes. Ann, I love you. I love you too. I don't like your hair, but I love you. <laughs> Ann! Yes? I never comment on your hair and makeup. Well, I'm 
cold. I can get away from it, but you're still young. I love you, Ed. Thanks so much. All right. All right, bye-bye. I can't believe that she doesn't like this. Steve and Springville online, too. Steve. 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 Ronald, you're on Heart of the Matter. Ronald, you got to turn your TV down. Ronald? Ronald? Ronald! We're going to try Valerie in West Valley on line three. Valerie. Yeah. Valerie? Two. Anyone there? Yeah. Glory be to God. Who are you? Uh, sorry, I got to get this paper. It's driving me nuts. I was trying to get Derek's attention, but he's over there texting. <laughs> he's going to get mad at me. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you're, you're kind of breaking up. And... Yeah. 70 AD. How was the destruction of Judah? How did that take place? By the destruction of the genealogies. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Are the ladies playing tricks today? <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> That's Ken. <laughs> Wendy, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, those are some good times. Uh, we really do thank all of you who sustain and support us through prayers, sharing the show, uh, uh, telling friends. Uh, the content of HOTM uh, 1.0 is gonna not going away. We're doing all we can to maintain it online, and so it's out there, and it continues to bear fruit. Almost every day we get someone, oh, maybe now, maybe four or five a week, we get someone new who says, I stumbled across these YouTube videos, I was LDS, I discovered whatever. Uh, grateful to God for the tens of thousands of people who have come to the truth through the program and the hundreds of thousands who have watched them and maybe not joined. Generations of families have been affected by uh, the outreach to the LDS. And, uh, and over the past four years, I have uh, become more tempered by the Holy Spirit, and uh, it may not look like it, but uh, moving far more toward an inclusive approach to the individual, uh, not so harsh on individuals for their differences, including the LDS, don't like institutions, never will, and I really don't like the Mormon institution at all, but uh, individuals have more of a heart toward and even what Danny just said really comes a long way. And I've come to see and honestly believe that love is the determining factor. And it's the presence of love and it's the actions of love and it's the attitudes of love in the lives of people who claim Christ. And I've always maintained that a person can be a Mormon and be a Christian. Uh, that has never changed over the past 20 years that I've been uh, reaching Latter-day Saints. But I also maintain that religion, and Mormonism in particular, uh, through that show, through this show, can and will inhibit a person and their relationship to God. It can inhibit a person's 
faith and love and walk. And that brings us to Heart of the Matter 2, launching next week, where Heart of the Matter 1 was all about uh, what was wrong with Mormonism. Heart of the Matter 2.0 is going to be aimed at uh, what to do now. Whether you are LDS or another faith, what to do now, what to look for in the churches around you, what to uh, criticize, what to reject, and we're going to be bold. We're going to use names and, and, and church names around these parts to, to show what is happening. Why? Because we came here to Utah to be liberators for people in Christ. And when we see that people leave Mormonism and they step into another church that puts them into bondage, then we haven't done our job. They go from uh, paying tithing as a Mormonism to paying tithing as a member of Calvary Chapel, you know? And you can't love completely if you fear, and yet they go to church and they're hearing fearful messages about how they need to keep up and how they need to do this and how the second coming's coming and, and all of this rhetoric. And, and you know, they're, they're taught to worship God in spirit and in truth and to humbly walk with their God, and they're taught these God-awful things stripping them of the freedom that people should have. So people may say, well, you've already done that to some extent, but when you tune in next week, you're going to see that we really haven't. In conclusion, and to echo the words of Don Henley, who wrote a song called Heart of the Matter, where we uh, borrowed from those words uh, to give us ourselves a show name, when it comes to religion, the more I know, the less I understand. All the things I thought I'd figured out I've had to learn again. I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter. But everything changes, and my friends seem to scatter, but I still think it's about forgiveness. It's about forgiveness, even if you don't love me anymore. Thank you. Tune in next week for Heart of the Matter 2.0. I'm on a ride, going nowhere I am an existential cowboy on the wind And I won't be coming out, I'm going in This man's awake the storms are rising, the dawn's awaiting till a hundred monkeys know. And I can feel the light filled monkeys start.